Welcome to the latest episode of the Brush Builders Union podcast. I'm your host and general president of the Brush Builders Union, Simon Berman. This month, I am joined by the one and only Malev. You may know him from his work at Relablades. Uh, he's a DJ, a musician, uh, and most recently, he is known as the creator of the miniature of the solo minis game Demon Ship that has kind of taken the minis gaming world by storm. Malev, thanks for taking the time to talk to me, man. Hey, thank you for having me, man. I yeah, absolutely. That. You know, I've I've, uh, I've talked to Sean Sutter from Relicblade a couple times over the years, and I kind of I came and got to know you through him, and uh, you've got so much cool stuff going on. I'm excited to talk about all that. Yeah, man, uh, I've been under the the Sean wing for a while, and then we were chatting at Adepticon. Well, we've done it multiple times now, but my goodness, with the the plague years, I can't really remember all of the Adepticons yeah. now. <laughs> And uh, so yeah, you're, you're kind of striking on your own, but tell me a little bit about yourself. You know, um, you're a, you're a miniatures gamer. You live, you, where do you live? You're in the U S right? Yeah. So I live in Utah. It's uh, which recent, I, I actually didn't really know until recently. I mean, by recently, I guess, I mean like the last decade was uh, quite a, quite a nice place to live. If you like, uh, like miniature war gaming, or if you like, oh, really? like things like Dungeons and Dragons and stuff. Yeah. It was uh, actually, I think, at the time of recording, it's uh, April 26th right now. I think last weekend, there was a game store in Provo that um, broke, like, the Guinness Book of World Records for having, like, the largest D&D game with, with oh, wow. like, like, 1,700 people or something like that in attendance in, in like, some mall. Weird. That's cool, yeah, though. it was. It's 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 something I didn't really realize because I've kind of only recently become come interested in uh, role playing games, where I've really liked miniature games for a long time. Yeah, how'd you yeah. get into minis? I think it was. If I think about it, I think it was kind of a natural progression from playing with toys. Sure. Like uh, the three fourths GI Joes, loved playing with GI Joes and stuff. 12 inch GI Joes and there was there was just this element but Legos like lots of things yeah. that were little had little little guys and there was play sets that resembled things you know so I think um one of the kind of defining moments for me was like going into a, a Hammond's toy store and looking at a what at the time I'd guess would be like a third edition Warhammer 40k style codex with the goblin uh-huh. green bases, and they had like yeah, the, yeah. The, gr- the green flock uh, type, uh, you know, like everything was on the green flock tables, mm-hmm. and I remember just looking at that and thinking, "What this has to this has to be like the coolest game because it it's like toys that you paint and it's just so so unique." Like the the science, the sci fi designs of Warhammer Forty K just looked really interesting to me the, like especially the contrast between like the eldar and the space marines to sure. my mind i was like this is this is kind of crazy like the, what, what, these things are floating right here these guys have big tanks like uh-huh it just had such a the a unique look to it that i that stuck with me and then many years later through playing uh cuz i always like to play video games many years later playing dawn of war the first one after recognizing hey, it's that game, it's that it's that uh-huh. game with the space guys, and so I got into it. And then, Sarah, I think uh, my buddy came over with a set. It was the third edition Black Templar Dark Eldar set. 
Yeah, yeah. And he's like, my dad got this for me. Do you want it? Like, I don't want it. He's just like, I just, because his dad like sent it from from far away. So kind of like a random gift, so to speak. Sure. And uh, so I was like playing Dawn of War and I was like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do want that, actually. <laughs> I, I want that, you know? And so kind of just got into it with that, you know, sort of a, a smash of Dawn of War the the rts video game and um my buddy kind of like coming over with the third edition set and i'm just like yes i am uh really interested in that and then i mean it 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 sort of took it's been such a long time now because my goodness there was a there was a big hiatus for a long while because i really just took painting that was that was what that was all i really did and that was kind of how we we likely met through sean and, and uh the painting for relic yeah yeah because you, you did some of the studio painting for relic play didn't you yeah so i've done so sean's a really competent painter he paints all the stuff so you, you can see a lot of uh, paint jobs on the website and stuff that are that are sean's but most of the all i've painted everything for him at least once you know so this the whole studio yeah. range i've labored to uh, render for him and that's what i was doing back when i first got into warhammer there was because I didn't really, there was, it was, this was like, had to be maybe like 2002 or 2003 or something like that. Uh-huh. And so, or maybe, maybe a little bit later, but there was only like forums. Like I remember like forum bolter and chainsword and sure. that was, that was it. That was like the only thing that I ever really understood for as like a term of other people doing this is just like bolter and chainsword. And I remember like, collecting and painting a couple of space marine chapters at least like two because i always tell like new collectors or people that are getting into the hobby well not so much anymore because i I try not to steer them into large army games but back in the day when it was all that you could really do when you're gonna get into warhammer cool it was always (laughs) i would always tell people that there's there's gonna be an element where you your your first army it's like not you know you're gonna make you're gonna pivot in that army you're gonna be like cool i want to do this you'll paint like five guys you see something else and you'll be like nah i actually want to do this now uh-huh. and then you'll do that for such a period that you'll just disassociate <laughs> from that project so bad that you're like okay i'm starting over and this time i'm going to do it like this and and i remember so- what was Go your ahead. first army, and what did you pivot to? It was it was Space Marines mostly because the I really enjoyed uh, the Space Marines. My first one was like a Crimson Fist style, and I remember um, having the old Codex, and if it's the one with the Crimson Fist, uh, the Crimson Fist uh-huh. Codex, the, the third I think third edition skinny one. And y'all can look if you if you have it. There's a there's the paint guide for the Space Marines and the Crimson Fist looks really cool it's a great great little great little metal paint but it says on the bottom what paints to that it has and it says midnight blue and so i'm like tight midnight I, that's the one i want to paint midnight blue red gore like that works nice. so go to the store buy midnight blue and red gore come back and midnight blue is like it's just incorrect they wanted to yeah. write regal blue <laughs> It was regal blue is the blue that is the is the crimson fist blue. So oh, no. and it's still like they're mislabeled. And I just was like, oh no. So my first 
idea was like kind of messed up, but I ended up having yeah, to yeah. like freestyle oh, this man. new like dark purple and gray kind of weird uh-huh. scheme. And uh, I, I ended up pretty much sacrificing my battle for Macrog uh, Space Marine set for with that with that midnight blue. Yeah. Which was which was unfortunate. But then then I was able to take that experience and then start collecting more space marines and then actually paint them regal blue and and, and yeah. red gold, you know and i was like okay cool cool but at that time i remember it was just like collecting whatever you know yeah, there sure. was this this concept of like like the the way that that armies people build armies today and lists are are is is so not to say narrow but it seems kind of like like it's like the word list where back in the day i was just like I need a couple of these guys. I need one of these dudes. I, pff, obviously, we need one of these, yeah. you know. And then came time to put together a game. I was just like, I don't know. Uh, I guess it's okay. I guess I'm gonna do math now, you know. And then I realized <laughs> that I built like the most expensive dudes in the game, you know. Like, oh, no. <laughs> and then it's just like, oh wait, I, uh, I didn't mean to do that. And so after a time of that, with the uh, and I also remember something about learning in the with that Crimson Fist army is that I had a one of my mom's friends, work friends came over and he just he also was into uh Warhammer and stuff. And that was just like a mad like random, oh shit, like really? Like I was just like, who yeah. this guy like likes Warhammer? Like what the and he asked to see like my models and stuff. And he was looking at my land raiders, and I had two because I really like land raiders. They're cool. They're yeah. really, especially the Land Raider, uh, the the assault, like the Crusader one. Like it's just, yeah, yeah, just a great, great design. And so, but I primed them with a Krylon black back in the day because it was just like black primer, whatever. But right. he told me because he could see it, you could see it on the plastic, and I didn't know what had happened. I was, I didn't like understand what had happened in the whole process. Yeah. But he had said that he's like, you use Krylon to uh, prime this, huh? And I was like, yeah, how'd you know? And he's like, because I could tell it ate the plastic right here. And I was like, oh, that's why that's like bumpy like that, you know? And so there was just like all of these different learning things. And then so finally, after like, oh God, I don't know, like seven years or something, I was like, okay, my <laughs> third Space Marine Army is the one. You know, and that yeah. one was pretty cool. It was it was pretty cool. It was like a custom. Was it? I, it was a custom army uh, that I came up with called the Star Shades. It was uh, I just painted black Templars, but painted uh, the the Templar cross like a, a sort of green color and 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 called the air quotes like a star. That's cool. And it was like a green and purple kind of kind of scheme. And it was. Yeah. And I, but the thing, my, my stick was that I most, it was, it was just like a scout company army. <laughs> like I just uh-huh. had scouts cause I just wanted sneaky guys. I was like, I want infiltrators. Sure. So, and then, and then I had old strike strike before he had his helmet off. And then he was, uh, he would like infiltrate with some devastators or something. <laughs> <And so laughs> it was just like, it was, it was a lot of fun back in the day, but now, yeah. That I think about um, <clears throat> that army now, and it's just like wow, because I I still I still have a dream to because I I be telling people, especially as at the time of recording, we're moving towards tenth uh, edition forty k. Yeah, just a few months away. And um, 
I feel with the way that GW's producing their range now, like all the, where they're at with the, the production of like the armies and the plastic and stuff like that, that it's the perfect time to play third edition. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, now every unit that they had the book that they, that was either some horrific blister or a terrible metal model is now a beautiful plastic kit. Wonderfully right. realized. And I'm just like, it's time to unless go back. Unless you play Eldar. <laughs> Yeah, 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 bro. It's still it's still the same, dad, bro. You'd they're, still be looking. You'd still be looking at the same warp spiders. Yeah, <laughs> the same super. <laughs> oh my god, they're coming probably. I mean, they they, are, they, but... they did the they did the the howling the howling banshees, the banshees and, and the dark reapers. Yeah, and the reapers. That's right. And the new guardians. We like. I'm collecting Eldar because I've wanted to do them since the early '90s when I started playing playing uh, Warhammer. But I could, I could never paint to a standard that I would have liked back then. And now I kind of can, so I'm doing like a whole BL10 army, and I'm, I'm picking Ooh. up a, a few pieces here Ooh, and there. So yeah, no, and see, bro, that, army. when I was talking about picking up that that book and like seeing that stuff, I'm, I'm almost positive that it was like the BL10 white and green with the thorns and the... Yeah. And, and just like that contrast against like the Ultramarines, likely, because the, they had a lot of the, the, the Blue Studio Ultramarines. And mm-hmm. just that you could... There was such a difference in like the painting style of like uh the way they did the eldar especially with like the free-handed thorns and stuff that i remember really just being like this is so like what am i looking at like what is so this is really awesome but i need answers like there's so there's so many cool things on this page right now i got tank guys uh missile i see stuff that i recognize but it's just like what is going on and yeah like here we are are killing me though I painted. I got a. I I got uh, a bunch of stuff last year, so I've been painting like here and there, like. A, but I've done a, a falcon and a viper and a squad of uh, uh, wind riders. So I painted a good amount of thorns at this point. And let me tell you, oh I, my I, get this, I get I get I airbrush this. I, I lovingly airbrush this beautiful green over the canopies, and I, I take a lot of time building up highlights and everything. And then I go in there with my my miserable hand. <laughs> I, I have to paint a black line all and, over it. Yeah, it's, just, it's, yeah. it's just horrible. It's horrible. It's, uh, it's yo, stressing it's, me out so bad. It is. It's a weird. It's a weird space to go, man. And I think, uh, especially when it comes to like people using the airbrush and stuff, because like, I think there's a lot of intimidation when people talk about using the airbrush, and I definitely get it. But I always feel like it was. It's. It's like misplaced. Like, because for for me, the airbrush to learn how to use the airbrush was just like trying to figure out how to make my brain like where to put it. I was like, okay, I want to paint and I want to use the airbrush at what point? Cause, because I want to go more than just prime, but I need to, I, I want And for a long, it just took me forever to figure out how to like use it without then just going over brush and then like over painting everything that I just did. And yeah. Is, is uh a very delicate balance, um, mostly yeah, a strange I'm, learning process of breaking it down a lot and yeah. learning when it's being temperamental. Uh, I mean, I, I admit I'm a pretty amateur airbrush user. I, I use it mostly to you know lay down base colors and maybe simple like zenithals and stuff. And oh, me too, you know, bro. I'll, me I'll, too. I'll do some basic stuff, but like the thing, the thing about the airbrush is, I appreciate it for what it is. And I understand that if I really spent the time, I could get a lot out of it. But like. 
the joy of painting for me is not about being in my base with my airbrush. It's being at my desk with like a movie oh, on so, with my girlfriend and like, you know, yeah, I feel, yeah. bare, like, like brush, hand brush paint, right? Like that's, that's what I love doing. And yeah, like, yeah. I use the airbrush because there are certain things that I, I just know it's going to save me a tremendous amount of really tedious work, right? But when I'm doing my, yeah. my sons of horror space Marines, yeah, I'm going to airbrush that green armor, right? Like no question about it. Cause that's going to save me probably 16 hours on a 20 man squad. But like, yeah, yeah. that's kind of where I, Beyond that, I'm just, I'm just not, I don't love it. No, and I think, no, I'm totally with you. I think because uh, when people be talking about, oh, airbrush is a cheat, is, is like a cheat. That's like a hack. I'm like, no. First of all, it's like a tool, and then second of all, you gotta learn how to use it, and it's annoying. <laughs> it's not like it's not. You don't really feel like you're hacking much. Uh, we, yeah, and like they they, they break all the time. And exactly. You them and like it's just. Oh, it's I'm like, like it's it feels hard. like you are trying to invoke the machine god to work with these things sometimes because. Yeah, but when they do, and for certain projects, absolutely invaluable. So, oh, I get it. I mean, you know, the the results are inarguable. You know, if if somebody knows what they're doing with an airbrush, you can do truly beautiful work with them. And I, I have nothing but respect and admiration for people who do. But for me, I just don't want to put the time in. Yeah, and you know, for me too, and it talks about like the sort of preference for painting, like a lot of the stuff that I did for Relic Blade is really enjoyable because Sean's not because he works in metal and because of just sort of like the style of the game. He doesn't make models. See, there's some pretty decently sized relic blade models, but he doesn't make like, we ain't talking like giants and, you know, we're not talking huge models yeah. that are taking a really long time to paint. And I really enjoy painting just, uh, you know, I'd say if like, if I had a favorite thing to paint, it's like just a, a, a regular old fantasy adventurer is just like, yeah, good sure. old classic, you know, uh, a nice little human. If if it's it's if it's kind of got a range, like I think about like the Stargrave uh, North Star Military Plastics range or the Frostgrave mm -hmm. one. Those I enjoy those figures a lot, just to throw down on like super quick splashes, just because they're so they just have such a classic feel to them with the yeah. like the bodies and the arm and head, very simple kind of just got you just got to render very simple shapes and you're like oh cool look at this guy mm -hmm. this dude's ready to he's ready to do stuff yeah, yeah it doesn't doesn't feel like a lot and i'm always when it comes to doing projects and stuff these days i'm i'm kind of like so attracted to because i would really love like i was saying i really love to kind of like play some warhammer uh third edition you, you know or or whatever but and i have um i have kind of enough stuff to to do that and but there's this element of like i just don't really want to i just don't really want to collect vehicles and and units and and you know this this concept of the army game while it's super novel i still think it's like very cool when it comes to like executing on it i'm just like oh man yeah, I mean, it's a commitment. I mean, I I, I love army mm -hmm. painting. I'm, I'm working on a couple armies right now as ongoing projects, but uh, you know, it, it's 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 a lot of work, and it's not man, really it's and it's a good yeah. I was gonna say it's a good skill to kind of develop, you know, when it comes to to painting or commission painting and stuff too. Because like, if I was gonna, I've actually had you know, not as I'm as I'm saying this, I'm remembering. Oh, people have asked me about like commission advice stuff recently, <laughs> um, where it's like my style is becoming so um mostly because i'm painting for companies and stuff it's becoming way more smaller i'm just like oh word it's it's four guys 
great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, excellent, uh-huh. you know, you know, there's this thing, uh, try to kick out this and that and like uh, war bands and stuff. It's been, it's been cool. And actually recently, um, because of demon ship launching this, this, uh, previous Monday sent out the, the models to band at black site to take photography for the, for the rule book and stuff. And I was, uh, thinking as I was doing it, man, this is kind of like, this is a little nerve wracking yeah. only because only because it's like one of those things where it's like, ah, oh, man, I would, if I was doing like a studio paint for something right now in this time frame that I had, I would really like to, um, do another one. I was like, this one's good. Let me put, let me bust another one. See how this one, the second one kind of looks, sure. you know, and I'll, and I'll send, I'll send which one I like more, but I could, I could only paint one. So it was kind of like the first time I've ever painted the model for the very first time go through. And I'm just like, Oh man, could I have painted that guy better? Those, yeah. those are going to be the ones that, that everyone sees. You know? yeah. so it's like, it's like this weird thought that I have where I'm like, man, now I'm the studio painter for my own, game that's pressure because of uh me i guess (laughs) (laughs) because i know that people are going to paint them better and i'm I'm excited to see that you know and i and i already have uh kind of dealt with that plenty in um being the relic blade studio painter you know where i labor to just really try really try to make this look cool you know i'm gonna do do what i do but uh I know when it comes to it out there in the wild, there's some there's some crazy there's some crazy stylers out there oh, yeah. making relic blade malls look absolutely nuts. You know, I love to see it. It's great. That's really cool. So yeah, let's talk a little bit about about demon ship. So uh, you know, you've done some studio painting in the past, but this is this is your first time de- uh, professionally developing a game, right? Do you have any previous game development experience? So it's definitely the first time. You know, yeah professionally developing a game kind of start to finish from like inception to like bringing it out. But there is a little bit of game, you know, design experience in with working with Sean on relic blade. I keep saying Sean, I should say Sean Sutter of relic blade. Um, and I did a couple of things there and that was the storms of Corral kind of two player starter set. Me and him collaborated on that. And most of my ideas were related to the structure of the campaign being um, tied to those those eight characters and the card mechanics, the card-driven mechanics, and the scenario design as well. And then it, during that campaign um, for the Kickstarter, I have been for a long time... Um, since pretty much maybe like 2018, 2019, perhaps. Because uh, this Kickstarter was, um, I think, in 2020 and 2021. Uh, so it was a, little, a couple of years before I started thinking about um, a solo, like ways to play Relic Blade solo. Because that was mostly the way that I was playing it. I had a couple of buddies who had gotten into the game because of me, but it was it was still mostly just like basement style. Yeah. And so a part of me was thinking Relic Blade is very popular, but it's at the same time very boutique. The kind of issue, air quotes, the issue that we that we face as Relic Blade players is that while we are many, we're very separated. So I was sure. thinking 
how to, you know, what we're going to do to alleviate that? What kind of design or for not only like a, a style of game mode, but what kind of like, pro, like supplement could we bring out to like, you uh-huh. know, lead into that to like that, that, that we're all, that we're all by ourselves, but we all have a ton of stuff. Like we all have all this relic plate shit because we've been uh-huh. kickstarting <laughs> it since the very beginning. Yeah, yeah. Right? You know, so I was thinking like, what's something that can like use that we can like use everything that's you already got give people reasons to like pull this out you know and blah 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 so i started thinking about essentially just like uh, a campaign style mode that would use the relic blade product line in certain ways and by that i mean like initially i was like look at the faction sets and be like okay the temple of justice comes with these characters what is a campaign that they would go on and like that's for them right and so and and doing that for like each one of them and stuff like that and kind of thinking about all these different like frameworks about how to how could we like make stuff and get people to play and blah 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 and so just started thinking about different scenarios and a different design way to to implement that and so during that kickstarter for the storms of corral because i've been thinking about all this stuff i was like sean I really want to do like a solo mode. Like, let's can we do that? You know, and so he he, he was down, and we kind of unlocked it at like it was like eighty eight thousand or something like that. I can't really uh-huh. remember. But got that unlocked, and then after it was really tough to Kickstarter for Sean to fulfill, uh, mostly because of it was. It was during uh during kind of not necessarily the height of the pandemic, but still during the kind of the no man's land area of oh, it. I remember, and, yeah, it was a that was a weird weird eighteen months for everybody, I think. Yeah, yeah you know. It was uh and so it, it, he was kind of by himself just for, just fulfilling the biggest Kickstarter he ever had. So it was yeah. just like this I think it was a long stretch, you know. And then on top of that, I'm working on uh, over here, uh in, in Utah separated from him on, on the, the solo designs and stuff. And I've, I'm going through p- specific iterations and things. And funnily enough, like my, and this is something that I have leaned into with black site because they've sort of communicated this and enabled this with Sean. I'm sitting there thinking, okay, I want to design something, but I, I want it to be, I want it to be as simple for Sean to implement as possible. He sure. doesn't have to create new cards. He doesn't have to sculpt new monsters. He doesn't have to do this. It, I'm, you know, I'm trying to have this thing just go like just swoop, like right in, and we don't yeah, have a, to. He's a one man band, right? He's yeah. So himself. I'm just like, so I'm sitting there thinking, I don't want to come up with a design that requires that you. Cut, you draw this or design that or something like that you know um but as we were sort of like working through that i was like finding that that was exactly like what sean like wanted to do like there was there was certain things that because what i'm thinking about is that in initially the catacombs of corral it was like the, using the monster chart in the back of the seekers handbook like it was the the monster profiles were super generic it was just like a dog monster and like a a guy with a shield and a a big monster and so that anybody can use whatever figures you know and because the idea i was never being like yo you know what sean should do you need to sculpt a whole new 
like faction of talk with the ape men and me and you are going to come up with a whole lore about algoroth and like this new thing and like other stuff i'm like that sounds crazy and complicated so what we should do (laughs) and and then so and then it just yeah and then it ends up being so i was like this like the only we gotta make them too because it ended up he ended up sculpting those these these kind of like ape guys just for his birthday yeah. And then, so then later it was kind of like, you know, when we were talking about what to use for the monsters, it was sort of like us both like looking over at them on the shelves and being like, man, those guys are pretty cool. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> and then so you got busy kind of retooling them and making them appropriate for Relic Blade. And then things kind of like all fell into place. But it's just like one of those aspects where I... um didn't expect that, you know, because I was thinking the opposite. And like I was saying now with uh, Demonship, working with Ben, like, and, and Connor, they're, they are such enablers where I'm just like, how about we do this? And they're like, cool, let's do it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, then just, and then I'm just like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Like, let me see it. Okay. Like, okay, maybe let's, uh, maybe this will be cool, you know? And so the two things in the past that I designed that I'd say kind of, you know, are out there floating in the world. Cause I have designed lots of, uh, little amateur things, you know, sure. um, little, little like card games based on rock, paper, scissors. Uh, I've tried to design like, um, certain, other solo modes for other games, uh, skirmish, skirmish style games for the bigger, you know, war games. Like just kind of think about um, the mechanics and and stuff like that. And especially when when you're playing a game like Necromunda or something like that, where you got these sort of like more expansive charts and things that are happening throughout the game, you kind of like there's this element of understanding abstraction through and mm-hmm. i'm just like oh cool so what if what if you just like did kind of like this thing but in relic blade or something you know and you just kind of yeah. like you just mix and matching these ideas just kit bashing ideas sure instead of um you know models and stuff and so been designing all types of weird shit over the years but with relic blade it was storms of crawl catacombs of the crawl with a solo and cooperative thing and the thing that is important about catacombs that's that leads into demonship is that catacombs are really wanted to be accessible and because mm-hmm. there's, there's lots of games out there that are solo that are um you know cooperative adventure games uh that are or or adversarial too but there's for me I don't, and i don't know how important it is but I have I've been diagnosed with OCD and I realized that it is sort of important for me because, for example, um, if you're familiar with uh, like some of the you know the fold out kill team boards you know those ones I'm yeah. talking about uh-huh. so do you know the you know the city ones the ones that like the sector imperialis the ones that have like the roads and like it's yeah, like yeah. the urban ones right so absolutely the road sections right so I look at that and and uh, and. And I'm going to set up a board to play Kill Team. And I got the road section. And I'm going to say, 10 times out of 10 times when I set up that board, a building is not going to be on that road because it's a road, you know? But I see see people be putting the buildings all any which way. And I'm just like, huh, how? 
you know, yeah. there's elements, there's elements of kind of this, this, uh, this desire for like a sort of things to make sense and be really easy to understand and kind of, um, be approachable in immersion, right? I mean, immersion for sure, but yeah. a sense of, because for me, when it comes to some games that describe terrain, they're either hyper specific and will require me to do a a science project to make the uh-huh. board or yeah. they're they're so generic that I now am off thinking about a custom terrain collection that mm-hmm. I could use to populate this game. And both of those are fun, but they're both projects. Yeah. And and while when I was designing Catacombs of Coral, I you can't really get around the concept of a project. I wanted to make it fun by making it accessible. And that was the design of the whole um, rooms where you just, it's just a bunch of blocks. So, you yeah. know, it's really just, it's a eight by eight, eight by four block. Uh, you know, the, you got the two four by four blocks and, and you just like put the blocks together in that. And then imagine there's walls or, or not, you know, and it's kind of like, it's sort of um it's kind of it, ma- it makes me think of almost like a theater style of approaching the terrain where it's a it's it's just enough that you get it but at the same time you're not like trying to sculpt a mountainside or something yeah. like that you know you're really it's you're just like oh i get it it's a dungeon and seeing what people have done with like their custom catacomb stuff is like super inspiring you know people really like get it and go oh oh, okay like and and it has just enough for you to add stuff to it too right if you really want to make it detailed Mm -hmm. so demon ship comes in in a similar style where the whole board is played on that little six by six tile you know and there's this idea of it with catacombs of Coral, I was thinking about I want a, I want a mode that like Relic Blade players, I want that mode that Relic Blade players don't really have an excuse to to like not play. Like there isn't sure. an excuse anymore. Because now you can just use all your shit and, you know, get to battling. And there's a there's an element of just trying to just hack that problem of that you know, oh, cool! I need a warband. I got to read the rules. I got to paint the models, and then there's like a three month, you know, and you got a ninety day waiting period before you play your first game, kind right. of vibe. And it's like that's that can be a rewarding arc, you know. And I've done it, but there's as the as we advance, you know, through time and and tro- entropy, <laughs> we are yeah. being more blasted with more games. Uh, you know, our attention is being divided even more. And so there's a, I, for me, at least I, I have a prevailing inability to really play games as much. So um, I'm thinking about, well, you know, I'm not alone. So, you know, I've got to, if I feel this way, then I think other people got to also feel this way too. So yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure that's true. Um, you know, I've, I've got a, I pre-ordered, uh, Demon Ship at Adepticon, so I've got my copy of it in front of me, actually. Um, and the- oh, yeah, you all and- built and stuff, too? 
No, I, I haven't built it, I have to admit. Oh, okay, I gotcha, I gotcha. Yeah, I had a super busy month, but I, I read the rule book, and I'm stoked to do it, hopefully in May, when I have a little more free time. Um, but I gotta say, this is one of the things in miniatures wargaming that's probably impressed me the most in the past decade. Um, I, I oh, think thank, thank you, my man. Is, it's of the moment in a way I haven't seen other miniatures games really um, be uh, in, in the 2020s. And, you know, it, it's it's... For those who aren't familiar, before I before I talk too much about what demonship is, why don't you tell us what demonship is? Because you you can do a much better okay. job about this. <laughs> word word. So so I guess demonship. Oh, I don't guess, but demonship is a solo micro game and micro game in the sense that it is designed to be played in a very small space, a six by six play area. Um, is where the whole game takes. Yes, yeah, six six by six inches. And the game is a a very sort of thematic, tropey-familiar setting that can can be kind of multiple adapted to all sorts of different themes. But the theme specifically of demonship involves demons and it involves a ship, in this case, like a space-faring spaceship. Um, And the MacGuffin is that you play a survivor, that is that sort of wakes up in the middle of a cataclysm that's taking place on board their space vessel and everything's gone haywire. Suddenly there's demons on ship and the objective is you got to get off of the ship. And so the game is inspired by elements like alien uh, and, and the character of Ripley and it's kind of like that soul survivor aspect and, and needing to navigate and complete objectives in order for, um, escape to happen. Yeah, uh, with it made the sort me think of, con- of Dead Space immediately. Yeah, Dead Space, Dead Space, especially now with the miniatures out, with the design of the miniatures, they have kind of like this back rig thing that kind of yeah. very yeah. much kind of like Isaac's thing. There's and and other than that, there was a, a kind of thinking of other influences for that because Ripley is cool, but the, the movie Alien is a, is kind of like a is a suspense flick and I want a demon ship to be more kind of like doom 2016, uh-huh. a little bit more heavy metal and very much more of like a, a power trip kind of game. Yeah, for sure. Because I, I felt like because it's small and because it's, it's, it's sort of snappy and action paced. There isn't, I, I, I want it to be, um, I want, I, I sort of was wanting all of these tropes to kind of click in the mind of someone and they just sort of like get it. So it's like, you're trapped on a ship, but you have like a double barrel shotgun and there's demons and you got to get out, you know? So the Uh game, the game plays in three stages where you're trying to restore power to the ship. Then you're trying to engage the emergency protocols and then you're trying to evacuate. And you do that by navigating through um, the rooms, which are different rooms are labeled and do different things. There's six of them. And each room is reconfigured using that six by six inches play space. And the MDF terrain kit from Black Sight um, has enough space in the base where you can fit all of the assembled terrain components back inside the base. And it also is all magnetized as well. So that, yeah, it's super cool. When you're snapping all the room layouts together, it, um, it gets real real nice and clicky and so it's really kind of um it's supposed to be it resembles kind of like a roguelike game where your character is kind of set there's no like 
you know, upgrades or leveling up or anything like that. There's a couple items that you find in the game to help you do stuff. But it's, it does remind me more of um, when I think about the game, it reminds me of a game because Ash uh, GMG was talking about um, Zelda. And I had a couple other people talk about the way that old Zelda, like would the dungeons in Zelda would transfer. And I never played Zelda. So at the time I was like, exactly. Yeah. Like Zelda. But uh-huh. in my head, I was thinking, I kind of only know what he's sort of talking about, but yeah. I was thinking about a game that I played called, I think it was called super smash TV. Yes. Smash TV. It was called the smash yeah. TV. Smash TV, and it was like a top-down twin-stick shooter, but it was kind of like this weird, um, it was a weird dystopian world where you're on like a TV show, and you're in, you got guns, and everyone's just watching you in this arena, try and fight for your life, and you're shooting things, and you're winning like televisions and stuff. Like it's a weird, uh-huh. it's like a, it's like a RoboCop meets uh like, you know, uh, who's what's the what's the the money one. I'm can't. I'm struggling to remember the name of price the. Is right. The price is right. Exactly. The <laughs> price is right. Though it's like a combination of like that kind of those two things. Yeah. And so the way that that game works is that yeah, you go you go through a door and then it loads a new room and then you're just twin stick shooting, blasting up stuff uh-huh. and trying to survive. And then you go into a new door and then a whole a whole thing loads. And so yeah. In Demonship, it's kind of similar where when you leave, you set up a new room, you put your guy back down, and then you're in this new room and you resume resume play. And so then the roguelite element comes from you, your character doesn't necessarily get better, but you start to get better at the game. So you'll die a lot as demons like shred your characters up, but you'll be like, oh, okay, so... If I do this and okay, you know, okay, I'm gonna try this again, you know, something like that. And you can sort of retry a just retry a run in it. Yeah, so it's it's got a little bit of um everything in there for our our traditional like miniature hobby where it's like it's got the the core set has five miniatures. It's very small set of of miniatures. It uses five miniatures in total. Um it comes with the demons and the main character and that that kind of thing is fun for me because it's not a lot of minis, and the game is air quotes mini agnostic. You could definitely reskin it and kind of use whatever you was kind of vibing with, but delivering like a full package for the game was something that I, I would really like to do because I, I like to think that when I was designing the game, I wanted people that well essentially people that don't play miniatures games because you know in all the times i've dated it's just been really difficult to get my girl to want to play a game with me and mostly because they're adversarial and so that was a huge thing for me to design like catacombs of corral so like when guys is like i'm trying to get my girlfriend to play catacombs of corral i'm like yo report back let me me know Because I had, there was intentions baked in there, bro. Like, does she feel it? You know, is it fun? Yeah. You know, so it's like with demonship, there's this element of wanting people that have, say they're only board gamers or um, they don't really play them at all, right? Uh, 
or miniatures gamers, right? Maybe they only play kind of like card and chip based games or something like that. And just because they know, they know that Warhammer is crazy to get into. They know that the big, they know the, they've heard the the stories of the plastic crack and whatnot. When yeah. And so there was this element of demonship I would love. And I have, I have this in the book uh, as well. There's like, in the appendix, I have a kind of designer's notes section that has a whole bunch of just me giving you ideas for what you can do with demonship. Yeah. They're like, they're kind of extra rules, but they're not like play tested. It's just like, if you want to try this, give it a shot, you know, and maybe you could think about a new room or maybe you could think about a new rule or maybe you could think about a new demon or blah, 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 you know, like just kind of like giving players the ideas and the framework for like how I thought about stuff. So like, maybe you can kind of think about stuff as well and one of them is called new beginnings mode and it kind of really just talks and says plainly well if you're like a if you're an advanced miniature war gamer and you've had trouble getting people into war games uh demonship might be a good icebreaker yeah, like you might be able to have that be something that you know you could be like why don't you give this a try because at, at its heart demonship does use minis and stuff um, because I, like I said, I do want it to have like a condensed experience that kind of resembles that arc I mentioned before, where you're collecting models, you're thinking about paint, and you're like living in the world as you're painting them, and you're just like, oh man, this demon's cool. I'm like, oh, I want to paint my survivor uh, this color because of this, and he's got this helmet on because of this, and you know, you're kind of doing that, and then you build yeah. your terrain. Maybe you want to customize it and all this stuff, put decals on it or whatever. And then after you've done all that stuff, you're like, oh, cool. Like, I'm finally ready to play. Everything's painted. Got the tokens. The tokens, it's got the sides are, are blacked out, you know, like, and and that experience to play, I, I want to be kind of like a rewarding thing for people, especially for those who have been in it for a while, who uh, um, it's much longer traditionally. So it's just like, yeah. boom, boom. It happens with Relic Play all the time where people are like, wow painting this model that wasn't insanely detailed was fun that well yeah <laughs> you know well and i was like yeah isn't that crazy yeah like it's it's a refresher you know it's kind of kind of hoping to be like that with the demonship like project yeah. side you know there's, there's definitely a feel of a little bit of something i wouldn't say exactly but close to instant gratification for miniatures wargaming in the demonship uh, package right yeah yeah there's a there's a they were trying right because there's yeah there's because oh. it's made with that sort of awareness that it is um, that we it's it's difficult, but this game, yeah, you can pack up, put on your shelf, you know. Um, or I've I've heard of people talking about playing it in the hotel, leaving it set up, you know, kind of just walking by and playing a uh, playing a new wits phase, and uh-huh. then then leaving, going about the day, coming back and playing another little wits phase, and I love that because that's yeah, it's so casual, it's, right? Yeah, because it's and because of the way that the game works like it's 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 a real easy kind of pause button game where you're just like all right next time i gotta roll i gotta start start the phase over and you know what you gotta do you leave everything there and you can see it and and yeah so there's this element with demon ship where i want people that are you know not 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 super familiar with miniature games to get into it people that are are very familiar to also kind of like have that have that that experience that we crave you know the the sort of 
the I the the con- feeling that something's done. Oh man, wow. yeah, you know, I thought this this is kind of done, you know. And there's lots of other fun things about the kit that I think that people will, um, you know, find out. I know that I know that people with children have had have had quite a time with it as once the kids see the kit and understand it's got magnets they're just like i don't know dad i think this is mine now yeah <laughs> this, is, this is my demon shit right here yeah. you know and i definitely get it because i mean growing up um growing up i have i have older siblings but my experience growing up was an uh, was pretty much an only child and it led to a lot of solo play time a lot of playing with like play sets and stuff kind of like i mentioned and this um Mighty Max and like in in the girl version Polly Pocket is another thing that I remember a lot because I just really liked the Mighty Max. Like I always had it in my pocket, and I was like, "Yo, mm-hmm. I can I can just go Mighty Max any moment right now, you know, yeah. like that just whenever yeah. I can just open it up, you know." And and then so like this this thing of like demonship kind of being like that where people can because I as a as a miniature war gamer, I I recognize that there's a big a big value in having a part of your game where and demonship doesn't necessarily have this i think i think the kit does <laughs> but not the game but where people can think about it when they're not playing it and i think that if you do have the kit like in your book bag you know and you just you might just like be hmm I got the I got I could just pull out the demonship kit right here actually uh-huh do it on the bus just, right yeah i just you know, could say anything yeah and if they did i would tell them what it's demonship yeah (laughs) and so there's go ahead oh i was gonna say you know what what really impresses me about about demonship is i don't think i've seen anybody condense the miniatures gaming experience so thoroughly and completely um in any other product or game before you know we see this with card games and miniatures and card games and board games to a certain extent um but you know, every part of the the traditional miniatures game experience is, is in demonship in this this tiny, digestible, almost casual package, and it's you know it, it's it's almost like a poem about wargaming. It's it's so um, <laughs> yo, that's it, great. It, I, I love it, it. it. It really impresses me on that level. I, I, Thank you, know, you brother. The, um, I've seen lots of co op games. You know, that's starting to become a bigger thing, and I, I think I think part of the future of miniatures gaming is going to be um, co op games and solo play. There's, there was a great article going around, I think, on Polygon earlier this week about a sheep herding miniatures game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've heard yeah. about that. There's apparently a Discord out there that's called like Nonviolent War. Games yeah, I, I I keep meaning to check that out myself. Yeah, I yeah. talk to those. So, people and no, I've and see that's that's what's interesting because I mean the micro game concept, the the fact that it's in six by six, you know, the stuff that I'm thinking about, right? It's not necessarily limited to that, but this this concept of these ideas because like demonship uh where i where i enjoy it is that it really allows because there's a, there's an element that is that's going on right now in the miniature war games um i guess i, I landscape is the word that i'm thinking of and and that is that we just we're kind of even even with games workshop because i mean been with them all through this time i remember the days where they were kind of like yo yo you know what's cool about space marines that you can make your own space marine chapter and they they still they just still do that but the way that it's written the way that they sell the stuff to you they love their characters now it's all about yeah. their characters you know the marvel 
the Mar- Marvel, the MCU done changed everything because now uh-huh. everything is about characters. Everything's about IP. Everything's about this sort of canon and kind of um, this marketable narrative and, and coming from the old 40K, which was such such more of a, of a the, 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 the wars everywhere, you know, and it's mm-hmm. just like Im- imagine it wasn't so specific. And I mean, I appreciate all the specific like writing and stuff, like narrative campaigns and things. That's not necessarily what I'm talking about. But going to other games, we've got um, like Marvel Crisis Protocol. Uh, there are other IP based on Star Wars Legion and all that stuff, and it's and it's awesome because it allows us to kind of like engage with those those um, characters and those things, but. The side effect, to in my personal opinion, is that with all the IP saturation, we are sort of, it's a kind of situation where we're not noticing it, but our brains are, where we're not able, it's a different part of our brain that is accessed creatively when we engage with the IP than when we are coming up with our own creative space. And demonship is sort of intentionally designed to to not re, to resemble everything but also not be anything right it's 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 supposed to be doom in space but also alien but also it could whatever you want you know there isn't it isn't about a specific narrative it is really just about giving you enough of a information and enough of a trope that's so easily accessible that your brain goes oh okay oh so what i'm thinking of is a is one that's kind of like this in my survivor blah 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 you know because it's not like about what whatever i'm writing you know i don't have any of that particular information because it's like i've realized coming up and thinking about my own stuff my own characters and that's why i think a lot of indie games have really taken off in the past year especially like frostgrave and these other like warband based games because to give the player that agency back as opposed to that sort of subscription style gameplay. Like, yeah. Ooh, you, you know, like I play Raven guard and because I'm a Raven guard player, you know, like, and the, that means I subscribe to like the ideals of the Raven guard. So, you know, like my hair is sure. darker. So like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> you know, like there's these, these concepts where, where like these, these other aspects of it that kind of creep out and you, you sort of latch on to, uh, whereas, uh, and demonship, it's more about you get to fill that space as opposed to um, you trying to learn anything in particular, you know? Yeah, it's it's kind of like a Mad Lib about, you know, haunted spaceships, right? Pretty much, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's just like it's a trope. It's you got to escape. You gotta escape the ship. It's going down. You know, there's, there's, there's monsters on the board, you know, and there's uh, so many different ways to theme, kind of thinking about the um, non-violent war games that I, I love to explore elements of like micro games that deal with, you know, I'd still want them to be d- tension and stuff like that. Like, I don't think I ever designed like a game where it was like, you know what, actually I was down that I'm thinking about that. I would, I have to stop. I'm glad I stopped myself because I was thinking about a game that was a micro game where this again, based off of a trope or based off of a scene, and that scene was the scene in the matrix where Neo is trying to get guided out of the office by Morpheus. And I was just thinking about a stealth game where you have to like sneak away from your desk when the boss 
the boss like <laughs> patrols it. to your desk yeah. to like check on you. But every time he goes away, you have to like go back and make sure you're finishing actual tasks, right? And so right. there was like this stealth. And I was just thinking about like all these little like cubicle things. And I was like, that would be kind of cool, actually. Like, and yeah, I got these little guys crouching behind that, you know? And so there's this concept of the micro game is a little bit different than our kind of bigger war games because traditionally the big war games are just, they're just based on traditional wars. Then that is that they involve sides and and standing armies. And so Mm -hmm. the rules are about two standing armies that have you get on a table and shoot each other. And if you look at a lot of war games, you'll, you know, you really look at them and you go, is this a game about two standing armies that shoot each other? You'll go, wow. (laughs) Holy smokes. I think this, uh, I think we're a little bit lacking for ideas in this industry because holy shit, it's, that's the whole thing. That's it. That's all it is. It's, it's 99% of it, you know? And so this concept of stuff that isn't that, I think there's, I think there's a big space for it, you know, and coming up with things that are interesting and recognizable, you know, and appeal to people, um, but maybe don't necessarily involve combat because I, I mean i love i love i love some miniature combat you know but there's um i'm one of the things that i'm kind of like doing for for black site is um sort of reaching out and like trying to find people you know for, for lack of a better term like social influencers and stuff the right people that we feel like could um represent you know black site products or whatever yeah and most of those people that i'm talking to are women and I was talking to Ben and talking about the ideas and stuff, right? And it just came, I can't remember exactly how it came up, but I was just like, bro, we, I'm a guy, you a guy, uh, Connor's a guy, we got Matt as a guy, we got this other guy, we got this other guy, this other guy. I'm like, we got like 12 guys. So I'm kind of, that's why I'm not, I'm not asking guys what for their ideas really, because yeah. I know what they're going to say probably. For sure. So, Every time I have a chance to talk to a girl in the space and say, like, yo, what kind of games do you do? I'm getting some fascinating ideas. And it's the kind of stuff that I'm kind of looking forward to exploring as we get into the future with the tabletop gaming. That's really cool, man. So one more thing I want to talk about real quick before we wrap this up. So I got to get going myself. But um, Demonship as a package is maybe the first time I've ever been able to say about a miniature product that it's kind of stylish. Kind of stylish. Yeah. Thank I've, you. I've okay. never, I've never been like, like I'm looking at like the rule book and like the way you got, you got the, the MDF cut like title board in there and everything and the colors that it comes pre-painted in, like as a package, like it's got some style, man. Thank you. Yeah, man. That's been a fun part about working with Ben because Ben, Ben similar to Sean Sutter is my, 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 my my dude just had two extra hands. Oh my God, watch out, you know, like, cause yeah. he's, he'd be doing everything. And so the product design that you see, like the, the cover, right? Like I've given a lot of um, sort of in, in uh, direction about maybe, maybe cool. We see this, or maybe these colors or blah, blah, blah. But whew, man, everything he's come back and done is I've just been like, that looks amazing. Like the Atari style packaging for the, for the box you know uh-huh. the new the new cover which has such an interesting color palette it's got like almost like a sherberty color palette it's yeah. just not not what you'd expect when you're thinking yeah it is it is very unique 
you and know even, and, the, even and, the terrain it's like you got these, these great this great like industrial yellow and the gray and like it's, yeah it's, the, it's, it's cool it's, like it's it's genuinely cool and i don't say that about miniature stuff very often thank you my man yo it's a lot of fun and i think this what's cool about that terrain is that there's going to be a lot of extra uses for that stuff too i think i i hope to see a lot of people just taking photos on it yeah you know, just kind of oh, like, because you put, you grind those up, you like, you, you do some weathering, you do, put some decals on them and stuff. You know, I think that, yeah, you can get some, you can get some cool, look, cool looking sets. Yeah, 100%. Well, Malev, thanks for taking the time to talk to me. Uh, Thank you, man. Pleasure. I appreciate it. Yeah, dude, anytime. And if you're listening, uh, in the show notes, you're going to find links to all of Malev's uh, social media and stuff and to Blacklight Studio, where you can get a purchase, purchase your own copy of Demon Ship right now. And lots of other cool stuff. So, uh, dude, thanks for taking the time, man. I'm excited to get my my copy of the final rule book and play some Demon Ship. Yeah, man, I'm excited too. We'll see. I think we're gonna have the pre order up for a couple of weeks. And uh, yeah, well, at the time, I think we've sold just over 300, which is super hype. Big love to everybody who supported it. All right, brother. Thank you. Brush Builders Union is a community of like-minded miniatures gamers dedicated to playing their games fully painted and supporting one another in their craft. Brush Builders Union is here to help you stay on track with tools and a community of fellow painters to encourage you in your journey. Take the Union Pledge and learn more at brushbuildersunion.com. Mm-hmm.